Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. Delighted to be with you today as we take a look at guaranteed market value of every property purchased through an IRS Section 170 bargain sale. And if you're like me, you've never heard of that. So new information today. And I am delighted to have Robert Miller with us today. He began is R.E.D. USA as a 501c3 nonprofit 15 years ago with the purpose of raising money for charitable causes through the donation, purchase, and resale of real estate, all while making a living doing it. He has served as deputy mayor of Redford Township, and he is a high school baseball coach for 16 years. And he has a son, a 10-year-old son, who is an ML. B pitcher. So welcome to the show, Robert, and share with us an experience that helped you to be who you are today. First, thank you, Dr. Lomax, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. It's great to be here with you today. You know, when you talk about how it started uh, in the charitable business, for me, I, I, I remember the exact time it started. You know when it started? I was 10 years old. I was 10 years old, and I'll tell you how it started. My father sold life insurance, and he was on the sixth floor. And on the bottom floor, on the first floor, was the Bank of Southfield, Michigan. And so as a little kid, what, what do you do when your dad's working? You go up and down the elevator all day. And so I, I went down and then I was walking around the first floor and there was a bank and I walked in the bank and I saw a $10 bill laying on the floor, a $10 bill laying on the floor. Nobody was around. It was over by where you fell out your card. I picked up the dollar, the $10 bill. And I went to the teller and I said, you know what? Somebody dropped this here and I just want to turn it in. They couldn't believe it. It was very easy to stick it in my pocket and walk away. Very easy to do that. And the president of the Bank of Southfield wrote a letter that I still have to my father and to my mother saying, mm -hmm. what a great kid you have for doing this. It would have been easy to walk away. I think that's when it started. That's mm -hmm. when I knew I was blessed with a real sense of giving and helping and knowing that wasn't mine and turned it. So I, I really think that's when it started. And ever since then, I've continued that mission. Well, what a remarkable story. Other people have turned in money, but they don't get a letter from the, the bank president. Right. Sure. Right. You know, the 10-year-old uh, kid, $10 yeah. goes a long way. Well, for sure. And But what an affirmation. Thank you. Well, Robert, like I was saying, this is totally new to me and I expect to most of our listeners. So sure. what is this whole thing about purchasing real estate this way, selling it this way. What is a bargain sell? To this is such a great thing. I love educating people and talking about this, but like we were saying at the top of the show is that this is something Congress passed in 1919 that allowed people who help charity to get a tax deduction. Okay. Simple as that. So how does this thing work in real estate? Well, it's very simple. Here's what we, here's what we do. And I'm going to give you a perfect example because we just closed the property yesterday in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. The owner of the property was asking $2 million for the property, $2 million. We, as a 501c3 nonprofit charity, he can sell it to us for less, only a 501c3 nonprofit, only. We made an offer to them of $1.5 million cash and a $500,000 tax deduction to go with it. So they were able to get the cash, have a large tax deduction with offset a lot of capital gains for them. And so what it is, it's guaranteeing 
sellers. It's guaranteeing sellers full market value of their property. Full market value guaranteed. Now, we may have to negotiate the cash a little bit on our end and see what the sweet spot is. So now, once that once we have that property purchased at $1.5 million, okay, the only way that the charity makes out and everything is we have to resell it. We've resold it for $1.75. Now, you have an investor who just came in and go, I just bought a $2.2 million property for $1.75. I got a deal on it. The charity... After brokers are paid, you got a $250,000 spread. Brokers get paid, attorneys, closing costs, all that. The 100% of the rest of the money goes to charity. And I have specific ones a donor can direct it, but a lot to do with veteran housing and a lot to do with first responders with occupational cancer that I help. And I've helped many, many charities. And so the, this is the beauty of it. So the seller is absolutely guaranteed full market value. The investor can go in and get a property at a less price than he's buying it himself. Less price. We're in the we're right in the middle. So every closing we do is a simultaneous close. So let's let's say in that scenario that was your property, we would close the 1.5 million. I give you the tax deduction form that you need for your taxes. We move over to the next table. We resell the property at the 1.75. So it's really a double closing mm -hmm. that happens. Everybody wins on this deal. There's no losers in this deal. There's no, well, I really got, everybody gets a good deal on this. Everybody does. And so people that are high earners, that itemize on their taxes, that are looking for a tax deduction. And Dr. Lomax, I'm telling you, I'm getting 10 calls a week on this. People are nervous about taxes right now. Taxes are going up. People are worried about the real estate market with interest rates and so on. People are worried. I have an office building. The problem is most of the people in this office building are working at home now. What am I going to do with this since COVID? Now, what am I going to do with this building? And so we have equity partners that we work with that will repurpose these buildings. So we'll say to them, hey, if the building is appraised at $2 million, we'll negotiate. We'll offer you a million and a million dollar tax deduction. And that tax deduction can be used for six years. It doesn't have to all have to be used right now can be used over a six-year period. So you now, when people are buying, buying and selling real estate, what I hear all the time, it's not how much that I sell it for, it's how much or how much I make, it's how much I get to keep. How much do I get to keep on this? So people will say, well, I do it and I, I, you, I do 1031s. I do a 1031 tax exchange on this. Well, look at what's a 1031 tax exchange. You're deferring taxes. You're kicking the can down the road is what you're doing. On this, you're eliminating taxes. You eliminate taxes. And so that's the big difference between a 1031 and an IRS Section 170 bargain sale. And so in, it doesn't work in every case, but in a lot of cases, more and more today, I'm seeing people saying, how does this thing work? How do we get involved in it? I have investors call me. Do you have any properties for sale right now? We're looking to buy something at a good price. Sellers, I've had this thing on the market for two years. I can't sell this property. You can guarantee me full market value on this. How do you do that? And then charity wins. You know, since since COVID hit a couple of years ago, 45% of charities have gone out of business, doctor. And I think the last thing that we need in America is for the do-gooders to go away. We need more of them. And it's really been a shame. Most charities will have two events a year. I got a golf outing and then I have a dinner dance or something like that. Those are big fundraisers. They haven't been able to have them because of COVID. And so this has kept us going and 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 doing very well and helping charity. So that's a little bit about the process and how it works. It's a very simple. I tell investors, look, if you're going to buy a property, if you're looking and we're working on a, a $13 million deal in Florida right now multi, on housing, multifamily housing, let us get in the middle of it. And as long 
as the charity is buying it. We have to be in the chain of title. As long as we are buying it, now we can use your money to buy it, but as long as we're buying it, they get the tax deduction. So we have to be in the chain of title. I think I get the overall concept here, Robert. The question I have here, so you say that the, the charity has to be in the middle of this. It, it has to be sold to the charity. So I guess you are working as the broker on this. You're not actually purchasing the property or are you purchasing the property? We are purchasing the property. I have the system I've set up here. We have equity partners. I have them all over the country. People that buy multifamily, people that buy industrial, people that buy office, people that buy medical, so on. Mm -hmm. And then I will go to them. So I will not get involved with the property unless I know I can resell the property because I'm not going to be able to do anything with it. And we've done vacant land deals. I've done gas station deals. So we can do anything. But yes, there's an IRS form 8283 that I have to sign, have my ID number on it to give to the seller to use on his taxes. And nobody mm -hmm. else can do that unless you're a 501c3 nonprofit. You have to have that designation from the IRS as a 501c3. So they're selling to you and you are the charitable organization and you then you can contribute that funding to any organi organization you want or choose to. It, uh, that's the piece I'm missing here, I guess. Yes. Or the donor can. Or the seller can. Seller can choose the charity. The seller can choose. So oh, let's say okay. he says, you know, I everybody's got a soft spot in their heart for something, whether it's oh, cancer, my. you know, whatever, diabetes, Special Olympics. And so we will make, I know in December, I contributed to nine different charities. Okay. Okay. So you are a charitable organization. Yep. But the seller can choose how you as the charitable organization are going to distribute that. That's correct. Okay. And- I think you said that a hundred percent of that those proceeds. So they're the value of the property is two million. You purchase it for one point five million, that half a million deduction, hundred percent of that has to go to the charity of the seller's choice. No, no, no. Let, me, let me back up on that. Let's use that example. It's a two million dollar property. We purchase it for one point five. That means that the seller gets a five hundred thousand dollar tax deduction. Okay. Bam. And then seller's done. Seller's out of it then. I own okay. the property. He's done. He can say, out of your proceeds, can you have some of it go here, some of it go there? Sure. But at that point, he's out of it. Okay. He's out of it. Now, you, as my investor partner, you, my investor, you buy the property from me at 1.7. Mm -hmm. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So now there's 200000 been made on it. That's the charity money. Once oh, okay. are paid so and once attorneys are paid or whatever. Okay, so essentially the profit on the sale is That's the correct. charity money. Yes, sir. Okay. That's right, doctor. Okay, so that is starting to make sense here. Okay, so the so in the in this case, it sold for seven fifty. Is that what we were were saying yeah. on that? So the two hundred and fifty goes to the charity yeah. of essentially the seller's choice, and it can be yeah. distributed not to three or four different charities uh, according to whatever the oh, seller sure. dictates there. Absolutely. Um, and if the seller has no preferences, they don't care, you can then can make the decision as to what charities are going to Yeah, I have a board, directors, and we all sit down and decide. And I've been doing this 15 years. I have no shortages of charities to help. I, I am particular to ones where I can reach out and touch and feel like veteran housing, homeless, charitable causes. I just feel like if I took a, a bunch of money, if I took 50000 and sent it to the Red Cross, 
I don't know what's going to happen to it. I don't know. I'm sure it'll go to a good cause, but that just has some particular. But yeah, we will select. We will select a charity for that. And if the seller wants, not them all do, we'll find a charity in their hometown. Mm, okay. What percentage of your sellers say, I want to choose the charity as opposed to those that say, mm-hmm. you just go ahead and choose the charity? Mm-hmm. So again, what what what, what percentage of, of sellers are choosing the charity as opposed to letting you choose it? Less than 5%. Less than 5 Yeah. So they just they just know Dr. Lomax, they know they have a problem and they need they need a solution. Uh-huh. And then they'll say, I think it's great that you're helping charity. I think it's great, but go ahead. I, I just need my problem solved. And that's generally what I get. Yeah. Okay. Well, you also have mentioned that you can use crypto donations. Yes. How do, how does that work? Is it any different than really just using the dollar currency? Crypto donations are treated by the IRS the same. As real estate, it's treated the same exact. That's why I got into crypto. Now, everybody knows, and I don't know at the time it, that people are watching this video how it is, but crypto's tough right now. The market is really, really thinning out and changing. So we have, we have a contract with a group called the Giving Block and with Fidelity Charitable. So if somebody wanted to donate crypto to us, okay, it would go through the Giving Block and they convert it to cash. And then that cash would go into our account and they'll generate the tax receipt for the donor. It's real simple on how they do that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, very interesting, Robert. Lots of uh, new information here. Tell our viewers and listeners how it is they can get in touch with you to get more information on this or if they are wanting to sell a property for to attain these tax deductions. Absolutely. The best way to get a hold of me is I go by a simple email address, even though I have a corporate one. Everybody seems to remember Coach Bob Miller at yahoo.com. That email address is fine. I have another one, rmiller at redusa.us. And people, when, when they say red, it actually stands for Real Estate Donations USA, but we go by red. It's a lot easier. Then get a hold of me there. My website, www.redusa.us. And I'll tell you what, I tell people all the time, call me, call me on my mobile, 248-568-2448. And you can find me on all the socials. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can, I'm on Insta. I'm everywhere. Facebook, I'm I'm everywhere on it. So shouldn't be a problem getting a hold of me. I will respond to you quickly. You will have an answer quickly on whether this thing works for you or not. Many of people that have called, I do this a lot. I go on Zoom calls with the seller. Can you explain this to the seller for me? So I don't expect brokers, investors have to explain this. So I'm involved in that process. I'm the president of the group, president of the board, and I will be involved with every step to the transaction to make sure it works. Robert, when would this not work? Somebody doesn't need a tax deduction, doesn't benefit them. Okay. They don't itemize on their taxes, then it wouldn't work. Then um, it wouldn't. I can't imagine who wouldn't do that. <laughs> That's in- oh, look at the business we're in. We're in, you know, you're talking million dollar properties, you're talking, this one's 13 million. I can't imagine owners of a $13 million property you know, are used in the easy form to do their taxes. No, I kind of you know what I mean? They're, they're going to be itemizing and they're going to, their CPAs are their partners. All right, now, wait a minute, I'm going to sell this thing, but I want to get killed on taxes here. How best to do this? So you actually have, they have teams now. There's a lawyer gets involved and then you got CPA involved. And so, yeah, if you don't, if you don't itemize on your taxes or, you know, you're not making a good living, then it's, then it probably won't work at all. 
Well, I would think though, if you're selling a property, even if you purchased this property three or four years ago, the appreciation has been astronomical the last three or four years. You're going to have to pay the capital gains on that, on the sale of that property. So even for a person who is in a modest income tax bracket. Sure. They could have an overwhelming tax burden just from selling their own single family home or their parent just passed away and they inherited sure. their, their parents. And many of those. Home. Absolutely. And then we honor their parents. And uh, I did one in Ohio and I, I, the gentleman who passed was a World War II veteran. Yeah. And so we made up a nice, we did a nice donation to his favorite little American Legion and stuff. So yeah, in that case, yeah. And you know, we just did a, a property here in my hometown of Redford Township, Michigan. Building was sort of functionally obsolete. 20,000 square feet, an older gentleman in his 80s owned it, retired. He wasn't putting any money into it. It was mostly vacant. And he wanted 600,000 for the building. And he wasn't going to get 600,000. Originally, he thought, well, maybe I can get a million because, as you know, most sellers think their property is worth maybe a little bit more than what the market (laughs) will bear. The market will dictate what you're going to get for that property. Generally, yes. So we, I mean, we, we went and offered, you know, the 300,000 cash and 300,000 tax deduction. He talked to his CPA and he said, if you can get that deal, take it. And then I sold that again on back end to an investor to about, I think we sold it for 400 or 450, completely renovated the building. It's fully occupied now. So he was real happy. So it really, it depends on the situation, but this man, he wanted to be done. I mean, he's 80 years old. So it really, I knew he must have had money. I knew he must have had money. And so in this case, it, it really worked for him. You know, so even buildings that are, a lot of them are becoming functionally obsolete. I'm getting calls now. We're looking at two deals that are vacant malls. I mean, let's face it, Amazon's putting all these malls out of business. And you walk through our little, we got a couple closed here. Some have just a few stores. But now I have a developer who specializes in revitalizing malls and repurposing them. Mm -hmm. So now I'm looking for malls that may be vacant, mostly vacant, you know, partially vacant. And this process really works for those People like that mall owners or own those little plazas, those types of things. For sure. I, I mean, I can see it working for a lot of, of people, but just going you know, back to the person who just has never itemized deductions in their life and they just sold a single family home. They should definitely look into this. It may, Absolutely. It may not, not be beneficial, but it, it's certainly worth looking into. Absolutely. Thousands of, of dollars in taxes it will. there. Yep. The other question I have here, Robert, is the value of the property. You just talked about a property you purchased it for six hundred thousand dollars. In actuality, it was probably only worth three hundred thousand. Oh, I guess you sold it for four fifty or so. So I yeah. guess we could yeah. say it's worth four hundred fifty. Yeah. Who establishes the value? It's a really good stuff? question, Doctor Lomax. Appreciate that question. It's the appraised value of the property. So the IRS requires that if you're going to take a tax deduction of more than five thousand dollars. You must have a certified appraisal done on the property. Now, it's a conflict of interest for me. I'm not in the appraisal business. I don't direct appraisers. I don't do any of that. And so it's based on the appraised value of the property. So a lot of our deals, when we close them, we've already got an appraisal done. 
Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we can establish the value of that property. Yes. So that's how it must be done. Yeah, I would see how you would you would have to have that appraisal before you do it. Absolutely. And yeah. they require and, and you got to attach it to your taxes too. Yeah. So how do you verify to the IRS that this was an arm's length appraisal? I don't get involved in at all with appraisers. The appraiser must be ordered by the seller, not okay. by me. So they must do that. The tax form that they get from me, the IRS 8283, it has my signature on it and my ID number on it. They are the ones who put the value of the property on there and they have to have the appraisal with it. Now, if they want to put the the, the appraised value of the property is $10 million, we'll go do it. But I, I don't verify that. That's on them. I don't verify that. All I'm saying is we're a 50C3 that's accepted it and we're using it for a like purpose. And that's it. It's never, I mean, I've done over 500 of these. I can only recall one on a house in Detroit as a call on. I mean, donated property and I tried to claim something really large and it wasn't worth 10,000. So, but other than that, most people are pretty good about getting appraisal done. It's totally arm's length for me. I run my business with integrity because I feel like if you lose that, you might as well pack up your own company and leave. You're done. And I will turn away business before I will ever compromise my integrity or character on any property, no matter how much money is involved and I won't do it. Well, just looking at, you said there was there was one issue where they indicated a, a value that was not a valid value. Yeah. And, but you say you don't verify that. So I'm wondering what happens if you accept a value that has not been appraised by a certified appraiser? I don't accept, a, I don't accept a value. I accept the property, but I don't establish value on it. Now, the IRS may come to me, and they haven't done this. Typically, what would happen? First of all, the IRS would audit it and say, we're going to disallow this deduction. This is what your deduction really should be. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be this. It should be this. They might ask me for the file, which I got to submit to the IRS in 8282 form, shows what we do with the property. So they can look and say, if somebody's claiming a tax deduction of a million dollars, and went to the charity and they sold it for 50000 they might go, well, why is that? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you selling for 50 or 2 million? Now, which, which, you know, 50 may be the true value of it. It may be the true value. And for us, a lot of times, really all the time, I'll correct that all the time, we move the properties quickly. We don't want to hold them forever. There's holding costs involved. Right. And so I don't really establish, I won't establish the value of the property. But I'll tell you what, this has never been an issue with me one time in 15 years. Never. The guys I've been I'm dealing with, with with these large buildings, million dollar buildings, these are pretty competent professionals that want things done the right way. That those are the people I'm dealing with. Well, if I understand you correctly, if there's any fallout on this and it isn't a certified appraiser and it's an astronomical value, the fallout isn't going to be on you. The fallout no. is going to be upon the seller. And that's correct. Going to have to deal with that. That's issue. that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Okay. It has to be a certified appraiser. It's very yeah. clear. Certified yeah. must be a certified appraiser. Mm-hmm. And so there's different ways, as you know, to do appraisals. And they do have a method that if you ask them, if you're donating a property, say this is a donation method. And it's generally a little less expensive than a regular appraisal because you're using it for donation purposes. So I'll just throw that out there for people who are thinking about it. Yeah. Ask about I- that. 
Enlightened investors, what a wonderful conversation. New information is always valuable information. This, of course, may not work for everybody, but I can't see very many situations where it couldn't be very, very <laughs> beneficial. You're right. Enlightened investors, I look forward to being with you next time. And Robert, thank you so much for being with us today. You're very welcome. Thank you, Dr. Lomax. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.